This episode of Financial Safari is brought to you by Kevin Frisbee and Frisbee and Associates for all your retirement needs. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Most retirees agree that running out of money is one of the biggest fears they face. On today's show, we'll highlight some key signs that you may run out of money and offer potential solutions to avoid the worst. Hi, this is Coach Pete, and if you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Financial Safari. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Financial Safari. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And, of course, in studio, as always, is Kevin Frisbee. Uh, Kevin is uh, author of the great little book called Every Dime Every Day. He's president of Frisbee and Associates, a fiduciary, an independent, uh, and uh, has a great company going on. Hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, how you doing this weekend, Steve? Very, very well, thanks. And and uh, yeah, running out of money. <laughs> not not high on the list of things I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you imagine? Can you imagine? Think about that for a second. I mean, I have this conversation. That's why we're going to talk about it today. I have this conversation with a lot of people. The biggest fear that that most Americans have is running out of money and and living too long. And, and think about that for a second. I mean, people would people would rather die, frankly, than run out of money. And that's sure. just that's 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 a poll that was taken across the United States. Can you imagine getting to your 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 eighties, let's say, and all of a sudden you've not done the correct planning and, and you continue to spend money and, and not realizing that it's dwindling down and now what do you do where you're you're spending the last of your your money and you might have life in front of you, you might have five or ten years in front of you. What do you what does a person do at that point? I, I really don't know. I don't know either. It's I mean, again, it's it's one thing to to realize you're gonna run out, but once you see that day actually on the horizon, holy cow, that's devastating. Yeah, it can be devastating. It's a worst case scenario. I mean, obviously, if you have a home, um, maybe you could tap into the equity. But but again, you're talking about really spiraling down to a, just a position that you don't want to be. Which is why we're gonna br- we're gonna bring it up today with some potential solutions to not get in that position. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and this the first one here that, that we talk about this all the time, and and uh, it, it's long term care. But that's got to be a part of your plan, whether you want to believe it or not. Here's the thing, Steve. Nobody likes to talk about this subject. Nobody likes to think about this subject, but everybody is scared of this subject of of long or of a potential long term care event. They're scared because they don't have a plan in place to address it. And when we talk of one of the biggest pitfalls, a potential financial pitfalls of a retiree, is the to to fail to plan for I call them future healthcare costs, but it but it's a major long term care event. And here's the thing. Everybody says the same thing. I don't want to go in a nursing home, Kev. I'm going to take a long walk in the main woods, and that'll be the end of that. Well, great. If you can take a long walk in the main woods, and uh, and if that's the end of that, are you, you've got a solution there, right? Right. But at the end of the day, what happens if you can't take a long walk in the woods, and, and something happens where you might, you might not have to go to a nursing home, but what happens if you need to have somebody come in and, and help you do things around the house? The definition, right, of a long-term care event by a doctor would be, unable to do two of the six necessary daily living activities or cognitive, and especially on the cognitive side. 
you might not remember that you said you're going to take a long walk in the main woods at that point. And I'm not joking. I mean, it's not being sarcastic or funny. I understand. That, that's the fact of it, right? So if you haven't done a planning, uh, uh, a planning event and at least talked with your advisor or broker about what happens if and where do we get that money from? How do we pay for care? Even if it's in home care, it has to be talked about. It has to be considered as part of the plan. And, and and again, but that is something that you do, and and you take a, a, a certainly a vested interest in helping people make sure they're set up for that, because there are things that you can do to you know to anticipate those uh, those costs. Yeah, we we just took on. A, I personally took on a couple of new clients recently, one in the Portland area, and he says, uh, you know, Kev, I'm here, and I'm I'm going to give my business to you because we're talking about all these subject matters that I don't get the conversation from my broker. And I had another another guy in recently with a couple million dollars, and same same story he says. I've, I've, I don't have these in-depth conversations with my broker at all. He says he talks about money management and that's the end of it. He doesn't talk about social security strategies or long-term care strategies or when's the best time to take social security or Medicare when that time comes and, and healthcare to get me to 65. All those things we've built as part of our practice. And that was my explanation to the guys. Guys, I've built a holistic planning practice for the reasons that, that we just laid out, that these are all important pieces of the puzzle, including planning or preparing for that potential long-term care event. And by the way, the long-term care statistics are this, Steve. If you do have to go in a facility, the national average length of stay is 2.7 years. All right, not, not drastic, right? Yeah. But the cost of care is eight to $10,000 a month, depending on where you're at. And there's, there's actually precedent in the state of Maine. It actually crossed uh, 10000 a month in uh, in 2019 as far as the Genworth, Medicare, I'm sorry, long-term care planning. So you could maybe get a little bit cheaper in some parts of the state, a little bit more expensive in the southern part of the state, but that's the average length of care. So that's three hundred to $350,000 potentially that has to be looked at as kind of tabled for a, a major long-term care event. Wow. And, and again, those are difficult things to, to talk about, but certainly important. And boy, what kind of peace of mind is there if you know that your plan has that covered? And, and if you don't have it covered, again, yourself, if you don't have any plan at all, you're self-managing, you're self-funding self that potential event. So let's say you're a husband and wife, and all of a sudden, somebody needs care, they have to go in a facility, and all of a sudden, the surviving spouse that's, that's staying at home that might have 20 or 25 years in front of them, well, now the, the sacrifice is that, that potential spouse staying at home's lifestyle. Now you're talking about that, that could spin that into that conversation we started the show with is you get to be 80s and all of a sudden you're running out of money. And that's a, that's a daunting day to look at. And it could be, again, not because you did wrong planning. It could be that you haven't considered a, a potential long-term care event to happen. And one of the other things that we've talked about uh, that we continue to talk about is, you know, longevity risk. I mean, we don't anticipate living as long as some of us are living. Nope, that's that's true. Uh, underestimating your life expectancy is a big part of the planning process. So we'll build plans out. So we, we actually do these written plan out uh, documents for people. We, we look at life expectancy. We look at uh, inflation of your income built into that. And I'll lay out a beautiful plan. And oftentimes people say, hey, you know, why don't you take that out to 80, 85 years old? And I'm like, wait a minute, let's let's talk through this. You could, what happens if you could have life lifespan that reaches 90 or 95? So I like to build all of our plans to, to 100 or even 105 or even 110 years old to give some guarantees that saying, hey, if we lay this out and it's got you living to 110, you know farewell that you don't risk a chance of running out of money. And it actually has a score in it that says you have a 
a 99% chance or you, it says you have a 65% chance to make it to the end game without having to worry about running out of money. And, and if, you've, if you've not seen that, it, it's actually pretty fascinating, the software we use. It, it's like you go to the airport and you're going on a trip, right? You yeah. go to the, uh, the, the airport and you, ju- you go to get on a plane and they're checking you, scanning your ticket to get in the plane. And, and the person checking you says, hey, you know, we have a 65% chance to make it to the other side. Right. Are you going to get on that plane? Not for the first <laughs> minute. No. <laughs> no. No. You're turning around and walk. So in your retirement planning, in your life expectancy and everything you've got built in here, if you have a 65% chance, what if I could run that analysis, lay out that plan and take you from a 65 to 100% guarantee that that plan is going to make it to the other side. It's kind of like the same thing, right? It is the same thing. Sure. It's life and death in in, in every single sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, those are all things that help folks, you know, give that, they call asleep well at night. I mean, you know, that whole, (laughs) you know, relax, you know, and not have to worry about it. Let's talk about inflation. And and, um, I think it's something that that really needs to be thought of and and talked about as well. Although (laughs) lately it hasn't been anything, but boy, you're starting to see some grumblings out there that it could be rearing its ugly head. There's some grumblings out there for sure. So what we what we are hoping not to get, I'm okay with inflation and, and with with moderate inflation. And I think the government is well, the Federal Reserve knows that inflation is ticking up. Uh, what I'm not good with and what the, the markets won't be good with, if, if we go back into a 1970s style stagflation where the inflation was really running up high, hot, and all of a sudden the growth was stagnant, so it wasn't keeping up with the inflation, which means the interest rates had to skyrocket. And, it, and anybody that's listened to the show knows in the late 70s, early 80s, when interest rates were, you know, mortgage rates were 16, 17%, you can get credit cards, uh, you know, it, off the charts, you can get uh, high interest in your bank accounts and CDs because rates are going, up, going through the roof. That was because rates had to climb to offset the inflation because we weren't growing enough as, a, as an economy. And I hope it doesn't go that direction. We need to keep inflating. I think that's why the politicians keep putting these stimulus bills out there. They know that they have to try to try to create inflation and and grow the economy further and not have the stagnant growth and inflation because that's the worst case scenario. So inflation has to be considered, uh, Steve, as part of the package. You have to look at the plan where you build an inflation factor on your income. And if you're not keeping up with inflation, then and, and by the way, what is inflation? Percentage-wise, the government says it's two, two and a half percent. That's BS. I can tell you they don't count food, energy, and housing, the three things we spend most of our money on here in this country. So if you call if you look at the real inflation, it's it's likely four to five percent. Wow. And again, it, and it could be higher than that. I mean, as you know, time goes on, depending on what happens. I mean, it 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 could be up in that seven, eight percent again. Well, some sectors are higher than that. Any guess on what what sector is the the, the biggest increase in inflationary uh, growth right now? Energy? No, no, healthcare. Oh, healthcare. Yeah, boy, duh. Yeah, healthcare. <laughs> we just were Thir- talking about it. 13, 14% wow. inflation run annual on healthcare costs. It's just out of sight. Yeah. Wow. Well, folks, again, if we piqued your interest and, and you want to have a conversation about any of these things and, and have a review of your plan, now would be the time to give Kevin a call. Sounds like a great idea, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you 
and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. Hey folks, here it is. This is a great opportunity to, to kind of get a handle on, on where you are and where you're headed when it comes to retirement. Kevin can sort of translate a lot of things that are complicated and make them very clear, make it easy to understand. It's your chance to get a true, practical financial review. So give us a call. It's 800-998-5649. That's 800-998-5649. Ten callers right now. Get that comprehensive financial review that Kevin just described, including all all of the extras, the portfolio x-ray, the, the social security analysis, all no cost, no obligation. And you, when you walk out the door, you are going to find that you've got a roadmap, a guide that can really help get you to where you need to be and, well, where you see yourself when it comes to retirement. Ten callers right now, 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. When we come back, we've got four retirement questions to ask before the biggie. How much should I save? How's the market doing? It's fine. How's the market doing now? The same as it was five seconds ago. Stop worrying about market volatility. A good retirement plan will keep you from panicking when and if there's ever a panic, even during a correction or a mild recession. Get that solid retirement plan with lifetime income and protection from pitfalls. Get in touch with Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, 800-998-5649. Retirement is the beginning of a new life for you. It's a new day. New Day spotlights a couple of retirees who started businesses after retiring. According to the 2018 Small Business Trends for Baby Boomers, one-third of all small business owners are ages 50 to 59, 17% are 60 to 69, and 4% are 70 and older. Don Russell falls into the 17% category. He's 66 and he's retired twice. The first time was in 1994. He took an 18-month sabbatical after retiring from investment banking and then the itch set in. He went back to work doing merchant banking and private equity sales, then he retired again in 2014. The man just can't sit still because he got that itch yet again three years later. With two other partners, Don started Clearwater Business Advisors, a management consulting firm in Tampa, Florida. He's young still, plenty of time for several more retirements. A go-go year's road trip inspired Denny Jensen. Jensen, who's now 76, says after retiring from a career in finance, he realized something. He decided there are only so many times you can play golf. During a trip to Hawaii with his wife, Denny noticed a booming local ice cream franchise. Inspired by starting a business that wouldn't need to be built from the ground up, he researched franchising and became the owner of a Molly-made cleaning franchise. At 76, he's in the 4% small business owner age category. How you spend your retirement in your new day is a personal choice, but obviously entrepreneurship is an option. Get your plan together and get ready to start a new day.
are back on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is president of Frisbee and Associates. And um, really, we've been having a great conversation that we do every week, it seems. And this one, too, is going to continue the, the, <laughs> the big question. Obviously, that's the big question. How much do I need to save for retirement? But there are other questions that we could ask even before we get there. And I'm guessing these are the kinds of conversations that you like to have with folks. They are. I, I want to get a feel of where people are thinking uh, about retirement, how they're thinking about what they're going to do. And and one of the big considerations is what are you going to do after you retire with your time? And are you going to go back to work somewhere else? Are you going to reinvent yourself? Are you going to go volunteer? What does that look like? Are you going to be in a position where you can make some money doing something else that you maybe wanted to do for years and, and now have the opportunity to do? It's one of those things. Here's the thing. I, I, I have the feedback from people all the time, Steve. And I, I tell a lot of people come in, we have this conversation and say, hey, here's the two things that I hear from people as feedback that they are anxious about and, and anxious about, they have angst about the decision to retire. Number one is what do you do with your time? And if you've been working 30, 40 years and working 40, 50 hours a week, whatever that is, right, for your career, what do you do now with your downtime, with all that free time? And number two, anxiety that people tend to have is how about the money situation? Am I going to be okay? And it all kind of builds together, right? You lay out a plan the best you can. And then usually it takes a good solid nine to 12 months after you retire before that anxiety starts to diminish and kind of go away. Sure. Well, and again, you think about, you know, other things that people can do. You talk about that second act for retirement. And I like this concept, and I'm, I'd be curious to get your take on it, about maybe taking a mini retirement and postpone the long-term retirement. Is that, do you, are you aware of people doing that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times people will, meaning mini retirement, meaning people will cut their hours back and, and kind of scale back what they're, how much they're working, um, kind of, you know, we talked about it, I think, on last week's show, test running your retirement, so to yeah. speak, before you yeah. finally give that final that final notice. Why don't you see if you can restructure your schedule, your calendar with the company you're working with, or maybe you own the company, and maybe you're looking for that, that end game. It's easier, obviously, if you own the company, because you probably can scale yourself down on your hours and, and start to do some other things while, before you finally give give the, uh, the final goodbye. Um, same thing with companies, too. I mean, I, I look at people that are that are in their 50s and 60s, that they've had decades of experience in their life doing different things. And I think they're valuable uh, people to companies to, to, to have the companies keep them on because now you've got a younger workforce coming up with not the same skill set. And, and, and unfortunately, not always with the same work ethic as what that generation is leaving the workforce. So to kind of give a transition to your business to kind of keep some of these people on, even if it's a, on a part-time basis, to kind of uh, mentor and train and, and advise some of the new up-and-coming employees, I think it's a benefit to the businesses to keep some of these people on. So it'll, it, they'll allow some of these people to restructure their calendars. So that mini retirement, you might find it easier to do in today's world because of the, the, the demographics, how things are changing. One of the things, I've got a friend, and I so admired what he did, is, and, and it's starting at 40, he took six months off, and did like a mini retirement. And at 45, he took six months off and did it, and he did it at 50 as well. I mean, that was sort of an interesting concept too. You got to be pretty good about planning and have the money. Uh, but if you could, that's sort of an interesting way to approach it as well. That's interesting. I, I'd be curious of what he did in that six months that he he was working. So obviously he had some flexibility or he had a skill set. That right. He, well, that's the thing. He was a, you know, it was a TV and, and, and he was in demand and he knew it. And he knew that he could take six months off and come back and be involved in another project. 
I get it. I get it. So yeah, he had he had the skill set in, in TV and broadcast to be able to bounce, right? And have opportunities open up to him. Not, not obviously, not everybody's going to have that flexibility. <laughs> no, well, I, don't, I don't think. I don't think but, most of us do. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. But 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 I like the idea, the yeah. concept of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that would be something that you could sort of map out for people, couldn't you? I mean, depending on their savings, depending on what they had. I mean, that would be well, an believe, interesting project for you. It would, and believe it or not, we ha- we actually build these in, in in our conversation with people because I'm, part of my my um, part of my question to people is you know again trying to figure out what people's intent is after because that helps me build out that financial plan for them and, and looking at how much money they have, how much money they're going to need to take and draw from with a distribution plan and an income plan. Um, so those are important conversations I'll have, and and so. I will share stories with with people of things that I've seen be successful and and some some things that maybe you should watch out for it, that maybe I haven't seen very successful successfully done in the past. So I think the the benef- part of the benefit that I can bring to the table in our whole organization having uh, decades and decades of experience here and working with thousands of clients is we we've seen a lot of situations and people try to do different things some very successfully and some well you know maybe not quite as successful so we can kind of guide people along with our experiences that we've we've had with people that are basically trying to run the same road let's talk legacy and i think a lot of people have varying viewpoints on that and i'm guessing you've heard them all <laughs> There's very, very uh, varying viewpoints. So it's funny for me sometimes. So let's say you got a husband and wife come in and we're doing this plan and we're laying out, uh, you know, strategies and, and, and whatnot. And all of a sudden, my question to them is, well, what if they have kids and grandkids, what is your intent? Or even if not, but sometimes people have intent with charities and things like that that they want to do, nieces and nephews, whatever. So my question is, what is your intent as a husband and wife, let's say, that what you leave behind to the kids and grandkids? Actually, I don't say grand. Usually, you won't you won't find this answer if you bring grandkids into the picture with grandparents. It's usually when you say, "Hey, what are you going to leave behind to your kids?" It's it's invariably in one house. It's it's two different opinions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Usually, one spouse. Yeah, usually one spouse says, "I don't care to leave my kids anything." They're fine. They're doing their thing, and I'm going to spend every last dollar that I've saved. And and on the day I die, I'm going to spend my last dollar. And then usually the other spouse chimes in and says, "Well, I, I want to try and leave the kids what we can leave them." And so that starts a conversation. I got to tell you, uh, you know, and, and a little fresh debate of trying to figure out a balance here. So if it's done right, and how I lay out a strategy when people come in, and if you're listening to this right now and you're a client, you you're going to grin because you you've seen me do this. I lay out on the whiteboards. And you've got your budget need, you've got your fixed incomes, whatever those might be, fixed incomes after somebody dies, because that has to be built into the, into the model, and then money. And on the money side, my plan lays out taking 6% annual withdrawal rates, which means you're only taking the interest in a very conservative managed account, which means you're going to die. Let's say you come in with a half a million dollars, and if it's run perfectly here, you're going to die with a half a million dollars still. You're not going to be able to spend the, 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 the last dollar because you're going to be living off earnings added to your fixed incomes. So it, it's a nice balance when I lay that on a board because now the person that says, well, I want to spend every last dollar, they never will because they, they're not probably spent through people and they're going to live, but but they're not going to do crazy things. And then it, it satisfies the other spouse, right? Because they can visually see where I'm going to lay out a plan where they're going to leave behind still the, the the money that they have and, and only live off the interest. Yeah. And again, this kind of gets into the, the the next topic where we're talking about couples have to kind of be on the same page and, and the same <laughs> vision as far as retirement goes. And I, I know just from stories you've told, that's not always the case. <laughs> I, I have many fun conversations here. And, and again, part of me grins 
part of me is like, wow, I'm a, I'm, I have this kind of effect on, on guiding people because I'm a marriage counselor and back, that takes a backseat to my financial planning um, hat because sometimes I want to help this client, these clients get on the same page. And sometimes it's just that they come in and it's the first conversation that they've had about this stuff. And so my job is to raise questions and stir up conversation and then send them on their way because they're going to circle back around and then have additional you know, questions and things that we get to get clarified. So it's an interesting time that I have. You can imagine a conversation where people come in and and all of a sudden they're looking at each other saying, hey, you never told me that or I never knew you th- you wanted to do that. I had one actually a couple of weeks ago and they've been clients for a couple of years and she works at a bank and he runs a business and um, he com- they come in and her plan was to retire in 18 months and they're relatively newly married. I mean, they've been married 17, it was their 17th anniversary. Um, so still young, being in their 60s, to not to be married too long. Point being is, it was it was uh, her that had a plan laid out perfectly. She's going to retire um, of June of 2022. And he came in initially several years ago when they started doing business. He was like, I'm never going to retire. And then a couple of years ago, he's like, well, I'm thinking about getting done at 70. And he's 63 now. And he comes into the office to do a review the other day, or a couple of weeks ago with her. And this is the first time he she had heard this. And he started chiming in saying, you know, I've had this person in my life that passed away. I've had that go on. I've had I've seen that happen. You know, what happens if I retire tomorrow, Kev? And she almost fell out of her chair because they hadn't discussed it. And she looked at him and says, Who are you? <laughs> like, I don't, do I know you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. To, uh, you know, so, and the fun conversation was she was delighted that oh, he okay, had good. Turned, that was my question. <laughs> she, she was delighted that, that she was very happy about that because, again, they're newlyweds, 17 years married. And yeah. so they wanted to legitimately spend time together. And she really wanted that. She didn't want him to work to the grave. And now he's kind of come around to that because of outside life events that he's seen go on. He's 63. And when you get to that age, you start to see people not have the same health or maybe pass away or something like that happens. It starts to change the way you think about things. Right. Well, oh, it sure does. And and you're right. Those outside events can play a, a huge role in where, where our own head is. It, it certainly does. And folks, here's the thing. If, if you'd like to have that conversation with Kevin, I'm sure he'd love to. I'm sure there's a book coming. <laughs> All the stories. <laughs> but if you'd like to have that conversation with Kevin, now would be a great time to just give him a call and get on the calendar. That's right, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. 
Hey, folks, don't miss this opportunity to, to well, sit down, have the conversation. That's how it starts, just a simple conversation. Kevin can help put that financial roadmap together for you. He can take a lot of that complex financial world, ask you the questions, ask you the big questions about, you know, what, how, and again, be able, be able to craft a plan that can help get you to retirement. It really is a practical financial review, and it starts with that phone call at 800-998-5649. You're going to get the comprehensive financial review that Kevin just described, plus all the extras. You're going to see where you are today, yep, but more importantly, you'll find you've got a roadmap now, a guide that can really help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. Ten callers right now, 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. When we come back, some tough questions you may be hesitant to ask your advisor. We'll face them head on right after this. When should I take my Social Security? How much risk can I tolerate? I'm afraid I'm overpaying in taxes. Did I save enough? I can't keep up with all these rules. There are a lot of components to your retirement, and it certainly can seem overwhelming. It's time to establish a partnership with a professional who can provide you with a written plan, the proper strategies, and then be there with you along the way. That's Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, You're listening to the Financial Safari News Network. A 2014 AARP survey found that though the majority, 62%, of Americans over 50 have set aside money for their out-of-pocket medical expenses, more than half are worried about their ability to afford health care. This is concerning because health care will very likely become a significant part of your expenditures when retired. Research shows that Medicare covers only about 60% of health care costs for those over 65. One study found that a 65-year-old couple would need an average of $220,000 to cover total healthcare expenses in retirement. Another report put that number as high as $360,000. Those who retire early may spend even more on healthcare because they are eligible for Medicare. A couple retiring at 62 could be adding an additional $17,000 to their annual budget in insurance and other expenses. Everyone's healthcare needs are different which is why it's important to consider how factors like your age, health, and family medical history affect your potential expenses. Fortunately, there are strategies that you can use to help tame healthcare costs in retirement. Determine whether you are eligible for any employer-sponsored healthcare benefits once you retire. Any assistance you receive could reduce your out-of-pocket costs and thus the amount you need to save for medical expenses. Retirement health care plan accounts like a retiree health savings plan may be available through your employer and can help provide a tax-advantaged way to save for future health care expenses. A financial professional can help you determine whether this option is available to you and show you how it may fit into your overall retirement strategies. Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is the author of a great little book called Every Dime Every Day. Uh, I, I sense a second book is coming. We were just talking about that. <laughs> Kevin, of course, president of Frisbee and Associates and uh, has a great team of folks. And uh, you pretty much own the state of Maine, Kevin. 
I mean, when it comes <laughs> to financial planning and advisors and 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 independent fiduciary looking in that out for way, us, yeah, we 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 made our mark. Uh, there's no doubt about that here in the state of Maine, and, and everybody knows who we are. I think at this point, and 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 it, that's a good thing. I mean, again, we take on clients continuously, and and the commentary is. You know, I, I, I now I, that now that I'm client, I see you everywhere because they weren't necessarily looking. All of a sudden, they either caught the radio show or that we've been doing now over six years, or they caught one of the television shows, or they heard me on Howie Carr, or something along that line, or the referral. They, I mean, I've had a lot of people come in and refer. Uh, and oh, speaking of referrals, by the way, I got to mention this. It's yeah. April, and and so here's the thing: we just launched starting April. So for this quarter, April, May, and June, a friends and family fee discount. So what that means is we have a tiered level on our fee structure. And if we can collectively get, if you have referrals that bring friends and family or send somebody in and they do business, we're going to add all of that volume together, including with yours and cut everybody's fee according to our schedule. That's cool. So what a great I, idea. You I, guys are I, innovators. <laughs> you know, it is, I thought I. it's a way to give back. I can't give lots of money out because it's against the regulators right, that, that I can't give money, but I can cut fees all day. And so we're we're going to build that and try to you know see if we can stir up some some referrals and friends and family. I like that concept. That's a good, that's a good one. Uh, yep. And I, and so in this segment, you know, asking questions that might be a little uncomfortable, and I know that you get that. And I also understand that at times when people want to ask a question, you sense that, but you know, just just spit it out is what I guess I'm trying to say. And you know, one of the questions: What about divorce? I mean, obviously, if there are a couple sitting there, let's hope they aren't talking about it at that point. But are, uh, the implications are huge. Usually, so here's the thing. I've had one couple come in together, and and all of a sudden, she chimed in and said, well, what happens if we get divorced? And I sat there after having a couple conversations and consultations with the couple, and they never became clients, and I probably know why, but they, they started quizzing me about what happens if. I, I think they were in the middle of you know, considering that because they were bringing it up and asking questions about it and which I, I think they, they ended up doing, doing their own thing and, and splitting up probably whatever. But usually when somebody asks about that, they're coming in without their spouse and they're just quizzing about, you know, the processes and, and, and how the process goes with money and, and what I've seen in the past and those type of things. Maine's a community property state. So it's difficult to, to, to not be down the line 50-50, that you're going to have some circumstances. And obviously, I'm not a judge in, in a court, but at the end of the day, divorce is part of planning because, and it's sad, there's a statistic out there right now, Steve, that the biggest percentage of divorcees are 60-year-old and higher Man, in this country. That's and just, so that's now astonishing you, to me. It's, it's astonishing, but that's those are the numbers, right? So I, I don't know, there's probably, I know there's reasons for that probably, but at the end of the day, doesn't that change your dynamic of retirement when all of a sudden you have a curveball like that and you might not even see it coming, all of a sudden it happens. And now how do you plan for that? Have you planned enough for that? And, and, you know, to be split 50, 50 and, and some, you know, a lot of times the answer is no, no. And listen, life has curveballs, right? That things happen. And so this is one of those things that, you know, people do come in and, and they don't want to talk about it necessarily, but if it's something that is at the forefront of their thinking that they, they sometimes are scared to ask that, but some people do. You're right. I, I understand. And folks, if you'd like to get in right now, it's 800-998-5649. All right, let's talk about leaving more money to one child than another. And I know there's a myriad of reasons, and it's not always because mom liked you best. No. <laughs> I, you know, when I'm doing beneficiaries and, and, and asking for beneficiary information and contingent beneficiary information, I'm also quizzing about who the beneficiaries are. 
And so again, I'm not asking because I'm, I'm it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get personal. I'm asking because again, my job as an advisor is to make sure that your assets that you have with us go to the, and intently go to the person or people you want it to go to in the most efficient way, tax, tax efficient way and efficient way without having to go through too, too much of a, a process or even probate. We can avoid a lot of times. So some, I had brand new client coming to the Portland office a few weeks ago, three children, and he comes in and says, hey, Kev, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do business with you. Here's what this looks like. One daughter, two sons. One daughter is the, the all-star daughter, manages everything, got a great husband, got a great family. Two sons, not so much. One of the sons is on main care. He's got not special needs, but there's some things that, that he's required to be on main care and get those benefits. Sure. I said, listen, and, he, and he, his, his intent was he was telling me he wants to put his three kids on his as beneficiaries. I said, you don't want to do that. And here's why. Your son that has main care is going to get hurt by your assets being left to him. So I would recommend, and I happen to be in a law office having a meeting, a um, couple of the attorneys we do estate planning with and, and re referrals to with, um, we, we do some meetings in their spaces. So I said, listen, why don't you call uh, Rick over here, who I happen to be in his office in Portland, and get an appointment scheduled with Rick, because I think Rick, who's an estate planning attorney, can and I know he can help you put a trust in place because your son needs to have a, what they call a special needs trust. The funds that you leave behind will go into that trust. He can be the beneficiary so he doesn't inherit those funds directly to hurt him on his main care benefits. So I'm asking those questions for those reasons. Have you, if based on your situation, have you thought through these things? And then it's the, par the parents and grandparents that leave grandkids that are younger than 18. I had another one just recently, brand new client come in and say, he's got two, a brand new client in Brunswick. He's got uh, two daughters. One uh, daughter lives uh, out of town and one daughter that was only 16 years old. And he says, I'm going to leave this daughter that's 16, you know, this percentage. I said, well, who's going to control the money if you get hit by a bus tomorrow? Well, she's 16. I guess it's going to be her, my ex, her mom. He says, I don't want that. No. I said, no, I know you don't want that. So let's walk through this and how best efficiently to put the beneficiary designations and making sure if you're leaving one, in his case, I said, leave the assets to your older daughter with the, with the instruction that you're going to... You're going to leave or she's going to give half when this other daughter turns 18 and do it that way right now. But so you can go get your legal planning in place and maybe do some trust planning. Now you can change the beneficiaries to the trust for that younger daughter to get her to, to the 18 line at least. Sure. Wow. I mean, again, that just what we've been talking about right here, that it just becomes so clear. That's why I want to work with somebody like you, a fiduciary and independent. You've seen a lot of situations and a lot of scenarios and you're, going to be able to build on that and and build, help build for us what our future is going to be. Yeah. These are literally real cases that I've had recently. And this is ongoing, Steve. I have these conversations all the time. I'm, I'm asking questions about beneficiaries and telling people stories to, to avoid any hassle or pitfall or probate process, if we can certainly do that. So saying no to an adult child who's asking for money, I guess that's the ultimate in parenting, isn't it? You just got to say no sometimes. You know, some people can't say no. And uh, I've had one client, uh, it was last year sometime, and he started taking a bunch of money out of his account with us. And um, and I don't ask questions of what people do with the money. It's not my business. But he started to tell me he was taking it out for legal uh, fees to an, for an attorney because one of his grandchildren was in legal trouble out of state. And all of a sudden, he was taking 5000 another 5000 another 3000 another 5000 another 10000 I'm like, I... I, I sat him down and said, what's going on here? Because you're you're risking your retirement for these legal fees going. And I almost thought it was some fraud going on, right? Mm -hmm. And I still am not sure it wasn't going on. I don't know. 
But at the end of the day, he bled 100% of his investments down to nothing with us. And so now he had to go back to work. And I, it's, it's a sad case because I don't know if he was taken advantage of with elder, elder I think it was elder abuse, but who knows? But he, he felt like he was doing a favor to, to one of his grandkids that, that was in trouble legally. And obviously, if I had a grandchild, if it was my son in trouble, I would do everything I could to try to help him. But but at what point do you you have to say, no, I, I, I can't risk my retirement. And this poor gentleman was in his 70s. It's not like he had- 20 years in front of him to go to work. You know what wow, I mean? It, wow. it was it was a real risk he was taking or, or took. Yeah, no kidding. So here's a question. Do we need to save even though we're retired? People do save anyway, Steve, because here's what happens a lot of times. People that get to the retirement point and they've been frugal and saved and done a good job all their lives, they're not going to be spent through people. They're not going to be people that go out and just blow money everywhere. They're, they're, so they're likely going to have a savings plan still because that's what they've done for 50 or 60 years right. going back. So there's nothing wrong with that. And I and I prefer that. I'd rather see people save money and then have the extra money to be able to go do the, the splurging or maybe be able to you know gift and, and have some fun with the grandkids or, or whatever that might be. Take some of that extra money. But, but if you're saving... Sometimes you'll get in a mode where you can say, hey, I've got this extra savings. I can go do stuff and not have to worry about drawing any more money from my retirement account. Right. All right. Well, that's good to know as well. And then what about working in retirement? I mean, is that, uh, I mean, let's assume that you've got enough money. Is it then just because you want to or you just want to yep. stay busy? Or Yep. yep. It's all about that. If, if, if you're working because you just want to stay busy, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Whether you're getting paid for it or you're volunteering, there's nothing wrong with that. Because again, as we talked about early in today's show, you work 40 or 50 years, you're working 40, 50 hours a week probably, and all of a sudden you get done cold turkey? I doubt it. I, I don't, I, I'm not wired that, that way. I'd, I'd be stir crazy. So <laughs> yeah. what do you do with your time? The anxiety is try to find something to do. And if you don't need to do it for the money, even better. If you get paid, even better. But but the point is, if you don't have to go to work because you need the money, then you can find something fun that you've maybe always wanted to do or just something to take up some time to be social. Sure. And again, folks, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground here. And, and if we've piqued your interest on anything, now's the time to get give Kevin a call and begin that conversation. Sounds great, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. Hey, folks, don't miss the opportunity here to, to put a financial roadmap together. That's what we're talking about, just a conversation to get things going and let Kevin take a look at things and, and take that complex financial world, whether it's Social Security strategies, whether it's tax strategies, all of those things, he can make them very clear, make it easy to understand. It's a chance to get a true practical financial review. Don't procrastinate another day. Simply make the phone call, 800 998 
5649. You heard Kevin, the next 10 callers are going to get that comprehensive financial review that you see where you are today. Yes, but more importantly, it does become that roadmap that can really help get you to where you need to be in retirement. 800-998-5649. 800-998-5649. What are the radio listeners asking this week? That and more right after this short break. Do you ever feel like you are fighting for financial knowledge? Well, now you can get it at no cost or obligation. You can get a copy of our Hot Off the Press 401k Survival Guide or take advantage of a complimentary consultation valued at over $999. Call Kevin Frisbee at 800-998-5649. Again, that's 800-998-5649. E.F. Hutton was a stock brokerage firm founded in 1904 by Edward Francis Hutton and his brother Franklin Laws Hutton. By the early 1980s, the original E.F. Hutton and Company had become the principal part of what grew into a group of companies owned by E.F. Hutton Group Incorporated. Other subsidiaries of the holding company included E.F. Hutton Bank. The catchy slogan, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen, became popular in the 1970s and 1980s. Things began to take a turn for the worse in 1980 when several Hutton branches began writing checks for amounts greater than the amount they had at one bank, then made a deposit in another bank for the same exact amount it wrote at the first bank. The process is known as chaining, which is a form of check kiting. Hutton carried on the scheme between 400 banks and obtained the use of an estimated $250 million a day without paying anything in interest for three years until officials at Genesee County Bank in Batavia, New York found something amiss. They also discovered that checks Hutton was using to make the deposits were drawn on two Pennsylvania bank accounts, which didn't have enough money in them to cover the checks. On May 2, 1985, the company agreed to plead guilty to 2,000 counts of mail and wire fraud, pay a $2 million fine plus $750,000 in investigation costs, and also agreed to pay $8 million in restitution for the estimated extra income that came about from the fraud in exchange for a plea deal that no Hutton executives would be prosecuted despite the 25 senior officers who came up with the scheme. Hutton was also allowed to stay in business by the Security and Exchange Commission. Things got worse for the troubled company a week before the stock market crash in 1987 when it was discovered during an internal probe that brokers at a Hutton Providence, Rhode Island office were laundering money for the Patriarcha crime family. Hutton had lost $76 million, mainly due to large trading losses. The Hutton brand was used until 1990 when American Express changed the name to Shearson Lehman Brothers. As a result of several mergers throughout the 1990s, the remains of the original E.F. Hutton became part of Citigroup and later Morgan Stanley Wealth Management, a joint venture between Morgan Stanley and Citigroup. There was a revival of the E.F. Hutton brand in 2007 by former workers of E.F. Hutton, known as the E.F.H. Group, who had purchased the brand name from Citigroup after the company was forced to sell assets due to the subprime mortgage crisis. It went public in 2013. The reincarnation of E.F. Hutton came to an end in 2019 when the company suspended operations with a resignation of CEO and interim CFO Christopher Daniels. And we're back.
We're back on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is author of that great little book called Every Dime Every Day. He's president of Frisbee and Associates. And uh, Frisbee and Associates has become really an entity that, that that covers the state of Maine. You've got great people that are that are really doing the job. Um, you know, you've got Jeff Trishan, you've got Lance Gilman, you've added Peter Hansen. I mean, these are all people that that really care about what they're doing and, and carrying on in the in the Frisbee way. Yeah, you know, and again, our presence is is such that uh, we're all over the place as far as marketing. We're on, a, on the radio, we're on the television, we're on Highway Car Show. And those are all designed to get out there and educate people. And by the way, little side note, uh, being April now, and now with May restrictions coming off, we are now, and I'm not going to put the dates out right now, but we're talking about putting seminars back in play here in May, June, and July. Oh, very exciting. And I'm excited about that because I miss that interaction and, and having people come out and get educated. Again, when people come out and every platform that we do, everything from the seminars to the radio to the TV is all about bringing a, a different, better level of education. Because I personally believe as a teacher at heart, people have better information. They can simply make better, more educated decisions. Sure. Well, and again, so much of what you do is education. It's, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that goes on. But bottom line is you're teaching folks, you know, how to create the kind of retirement that they want. And, and people respect the fact that they come in, they, they have a better understanding of what's going on in a situation when they leave. That's the comment that I hear from a lot of people. We have a great knack of, and one of my strengths is simplifying things so that people, if these are complicated matters to people dealing with finances. So for me to simplify things so that people leave having an understanding and, and appreciate giving me that feedback saying, hey, you know, I've never had anybody explain this in that way that I could understand it and I feel comfortable with this now. That to me is is, is nice words because that's, that's our intent. That's our goal. Sure. I want everybody to be on board and understand what's going on and how it really affects their long-term their long-term uh, financial life. Absolutely. 800-998-5649. That's how you can get started, folks. Uh, we're hearing from a lot of listeners this week. George is in Stetson, uh, and he says, I filed for my retirement benefits at 66. They became effective in February of 2020, so last year. He says, I'm still working and exceeding the FICA limit. Since I'm still working, will my benefits be recalculated, which would allow me to see an increase in my benefits beyond the yearly COLA? Interesting question. Yeah, that's a great question. The answer is, first of all, thanks for writing in, George. And the answer is yes. So even though you're, you're full retirement now, you have no earnings limit, you can make an unlimited amount of money and not be penalized in your Social Security, you are still paying into Social Security. So that means be, be above and beyond COLA, Social Security will automatically increase your benefit. Keep in mind, people sometimes think, Steve, that, that Social Security is like a pension where it's based on the, the last three highest years. You know, that's why you see some of these firemen and policemen breaking their backs trying to get as much overtime right, as they can right. the last three years. Social Security is built on a 35-year formula going back, the 35 top years. So it will increase your benefit, but it's not going to be substantial. I can, I can promise you that, but it will have some increase to that, George. Cool. 800-998-5649. Let's go to Jane in Palmyra. She says, I've heard you talk about annuities. I'm not sure I really understand what they are or why I should or shouldn't have one. Can you walk me through the basics of annuities? Gee, do you have a few hours? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's a whole show, Jane. Thanks for writing in. I'll tell you right now, we do, we do some annuity planning. Um, our focus is doing some safe money sometimes within annuities, but you want to be careful of the annuities and you want to be careful of the companies. And so a lot of times in a basic sense, there's there's fixed annuities, there's index annuities and variable annuities, the VAs. You want to stay away from variable annuities. There's, there's just 
not anything. I've seen one decent variable annuity, and it's not even sold anymore by Prudential that, that's been in the market, and that was several years ago. But most everything else is, is very expensive, the high fees, a lot of market risk. Um, stay away. So there's a lot of negatives about that. But Jane, if you want to come in and talk through, if you've got one, certainly come in and let's talk through how do we get you out of a variable annuity. Um, but, but if you want to talk about it, we've, we've got them as, as part of the, the I, I call it a tool in the toolbox. Sure. Well, that makes sense. And and I think a lot of times where, you know, someone may be with somebody, you know, an advisor, a broker, whatever, and, and they're just pushing these products and, and that's not what you do. You, you know, offer solutions and it might involve an annuity or it might not. That's the, that's, that's the problem. A lot of times if they were sold one of these, uh, you know, five years ago and they've never heard from that advisor again, that's that's because they got paid a commission five years ago and they have no incentive to keep you in the loop of, of what's going on. So yeah, again, if you've got an annuity out there and you want to talk through, is it the right one or not for you? Give a call. We do a lot of these plannings and comparisons and we can talk through some, some of the intricacies of the positives and negatives of annuities. So, so if if someone is in a situation, there is a potential to perhaps fix it, and I use that in, in quotes, uh, you know, the annuity or, or help make it better or perhaps change it? Yeah, there is. There's a lot of cases like that. Sometimes people come in. I had this one one couple, geez, it stands out maybe about a year ago, and I sat down and they had, they had been sold this a year earlier, and there was nothing I could do to help. I mean, they had substantial penalties by moving out of them. And it just, anyway... Come in if you've got one. Let's find out what the moving parts are. If you can, if we can fix it, we'll certainly help you do that. All right, fair enough. Eight hundred nine nine eight five six four nine. Let's go to Craig. He is in Orono, uh, and Craig says, "I'm sixty. My wife is fifty nine. One of the biggest disagreements we have about our pending retirement is how to estimate the future returns from our savings. Now, these returns will dramatically affect our finances in retirement." What approach should we use to get a reasonably conservative estimate of our future returns? That's exactly what you do. Yeah, it is. So uh, when people come in, Craig, thanks for writing in. When people come in and we talk distributions and the expectation of investments, a lot of times the old the old financial books talk about the 4% withdrawal rule. In fact, the funny thing, just a, about a month ago, maybe two months ago now, the guy that initially wrote that four percent rule just come out a couple weeks or a couple months ago said, "Hey, no, I I now believe it's four. It should be four and a half percent." So it's a model. It's not a rule. It's not a, a something set in stone. I like the six percent annual withdrawal rate. That means if you're in a very mani- uh, conservative managed account, six percent minimum is what you should be making, and that means you're just taking the interest. On the principal, 6% if you get $500,000, $30,000 a year, $2,500 a month. You should be able to siphon that off without touching the actual principal of that, always keeping that as a as the investment seed, creating the, the income. So again, it here's the debate again. We talked about it as a marriage council, right, Steve? Yes, I mean, yes. they're, they're debating on what they should have for expectations. Guys, come on in. Let's talk through this, and I'm sure I can help you get on the same page. Well, and, and that really is kind of what it's all about, and it seems to be, and again, I don't know their situation, but it seems like they 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 probably haven't worked with an advisor up to this point, and, and so again, they're at the right age that, that you could really help them. Yeah, that's a great age, actually, that uh, we could really lay in some, some advice and, and kind of give them some great direction, I think. And to that point, yeah, if they're debating that themselves, they probably, to your point, they probably aren't working with an advisor yet. So, uh, and again, if you if you don't have an advisor, 
again, it's it's no obligation. We do the free consultations for that reason. You at least come in and get an interview with us and, and figure out if we can help you. And if not, then we're going to send you on your way and maybe, you know, revisit that in the future. All right. Uh, let's go to Bradley in Skowhegan. Uh, Bradley says, my mother is 92 years old and we're planning on selling her apartment and want to know if there is a way to put the profits of that sale in a trust to pay for her future health care needs. Are there tax consequences? Interesting. Yeah, some moving parts there. So she's 92. Assuming you're still in her apartment, she has a, an apartment building, multi-unit. Um, she's lived there. Uh, th there's some rules, obviously, as far as apartment buildings and, and being your, your home for tax purposes. It probably is going to be that's mostly going to be tax-free after she sells it because it was her primary resident. But th that's, uh, that's a question to get to the CPAs, which, by the way, we could set you down with if, if you need to figure that out exactly. Yes, I, I would say sit with an attorney after the fact probably put some of the proceeds in a trust for future healthcare needs. And if she does the planning quickly enough, she's only 92 uh, and she has has the five-year look back period, it's possible that she won't be subject to potential future healthcare costs if she does a, if she does an irrevocable trust with some of that money okay. or all of the money. All right. Wow. That I mean, again, it gets complicated and really, and you said at 92, she's not that old. I mean, because people are living that much longer. Yeah, it, 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 to that point, it's possible that she outlives that five-year look-back period. So, and now you've kind of sheltered and protected from a nursing home taking over the assets and 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 salvage it for the for the uh, beneficiaries. Right. All right. Uh, we got time for one more. <laughs> I like this question. Kevin's in Winthrop, and he writes. He said a coworker referred me to a financial advisor that he's been working with, so I went in for a visit. As it turns out, the advisor recommended the exact same mutual fund to me that he recommended for my friend, even though our situations are vastly different. Here's the part I like. Is it normal for an advisor to have a signature strategy or is that something I should be worried about? Hmm. To, to, yeah, to the brand new client that I just onboarded down to the Portland office that had loaded mutual funds that he, he had a fee going into the A share loaded mutual fund of 5.75%, which by the way, was a commission paid to the advisor above and beyond the mutual fund fee. So I'm going to guess, Kev, thanks for writing in. I'm going to guess that that signature strategy is a loaded mutual fund strategy that he's getting a commission on. He or she is getting a commission on. Sir, so I think uh, I think uh, perhaps he's uh, he's feeding his own retirement, not theirs. I suspect, and unfortunately, <laughs> you know what? It's it's too bad because I battle this every day in our business where there's advisors that are not fiduciary advisors. They're they're bound to a, a suitability standard, and they can pitch some of these loaded funds and not have to worry about if it's the if it's the right thing for the client. And that's that sounds to me with this advisor, I call I don't call them advisors. I call them brokers. Sure. Sounds to me what this broker's doing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Absolutely. 800-998-5649. Wow. The, again, the show went really quickly. Let's, uh, let's invite folks to call one more time, Kevin, and then we'll wrap it up. Sounds great, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, 
a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. 800-998-5649. That's the number you can call. Ten callers right now are going to get that comprehensive financial review. You will see where you are today, but most importantly, you'll find you've got a roadmap that can really help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. In short, you got nothing to lose. Ten callers, 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. Kevin, as always, one of my favorite hours of the week right here with you. It's always fun and it's always informative and, and good, important information. Great information. A lot of fun uh, doing a show every week, and, and we cover a lot of ground. And I will tell anybody that's listening right now that's calling in, we will return the call within one hour of the show ending. And so if you're getting a, a phone call from an unrecognized number, pick it up. It's probably somebody here at Frisbee Associates who will want to answer your questions. Sounds good to me. Hey, we really appreciate you listening, everybody. And uh, the good news is we'll be back again next week. We're going to have new topics, new questions, and a whole lot more right here on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. Radio. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken.